one custom car care. All right, good morning and welcome. You have Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, how's the world treating you? It's good. Hey, happy early Merry Christmas. Happy early Merry Christmas to you as well and everybody out there. It's uh, a wee bit chilly. Yes. Ugh. I think winter has finally uh, showed us that it's not down for the count. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the persimmons, they had the, the spoon, mm-hmm. and it kind of was like a spork. Yep. But what happened to the knife? The knife was supposed to be bitter cold. You ain't kidding. Maybe we missed that one. I guess so. Definitely. Uh, so the other thing that I look at for that, I don't. I call them woolly worms. You ever see the little black oh, uh-huh. and brown yeah. worms? Uh, I I always heard that there's like a, you know, wise tale that you could tell how winter was by the color or how thick the fur or whatever you want to call it. I had one on the porch a few months back and it was the most brown. You know, normally they're mostly black or mm-hmm. black with a brown. This one was almost all brown. I've never seen one like that. So hmm. I took notice of that and thought, well, we'll see what winter uh, shows us and maybe I'll learn something here. So. Definitely uh, getting real, I guess is the best way to say it. I wanted to share something. We were talking about uh, Doomsday off air. Oh, yes. And so I listen to a lot of uh, end of the world, post-apocalyptic science fiction. And do you want to know the theme that's in all of the books about the end of the world? What is it? The surviving members, you know, do you know what a mag is? Mm. It's a mutual assistance group is okay. what it's. So like if you're a doomsdayer, typically you got like other doomsday people in your group, right? So in every book, almost without fail, each group has a mechanic in their group. Hey. And I thought, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're safe. That's right. I got to represent. So I just thought that was interesting. Is there a radio DJ in there too? You know, I don't know, but there's always a commo person in there, which I would assume would dovetail into your radio mm, okay. background. All right. So definitely got to have that as well. So with the cold weather... And winter and travel, tis the season for travel. Are you guys doing any traveling? The farthest we are going this year is Galena. So a little bit, but nothing crazy. That sounds like a good, good trip. I think it's going to be a good winter to stay close to home. Yes. Uh, Definitely good holidays to stay close to home. So we're having some frigid temperatures, probably some precipitation out there. I think winter is going to show itself that... uh, we're going to get a wee bit of snow if we haven't got it already. So uh, what are your, uh, if you got the car packed, is your roadside rescue kit in there? Yes, I've got my emergency kit. I've got my blankets and mm-hmm. my gloves, my ice scraper, all of that good stuff. And cool. the hand warmers. Yes. You've got to have hand warmers. I took several, I actually stopped when I went hunting during deer season and bought a whole bunch of those hand warmers. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful for those hand warmers because it got pretty bitter cold up north doing, during deer season. So definitely hand warmers are one of them. Have you ever used the uh, reed? I guess you can rejuvenate certain hand warmers. Have you ever seen those? I haven't, but I actually have reusable ones, mm-hmm. like the, the fancy ones, just because I hate being cold. Oh, so you this is a normal thing for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> but, you know, when we would always cut wood in the winter, yes. so I would always get those reusable ones because, mm-hmm. you know, it, they cost a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's definitely worth it with how much I was outside. So so have you ever picked up one of the heated jackets? No, I want one. Every time I see you wearing it, I'm like, oh, I want that. All right, Ryan, if you're listening out there, you know what a good gift for Sarah yes, is going to be. no kidding. Uh, I love mine. So I have a couple of heated heated coats. And then I have this heated sweatshirt, 
And I strongly recommend that from whatever. I like the sweatshirt because it's not bulky. The coats, I feel like the Michelin man in one of those coats <laughs> in the car. It drives me insane. But this heated sweatshirt, it's a zip-up hoodie for everybody out there that can't see it. Uh, comes with a rechargeable battery pack. There's many of them out there. I know um, mine branded as Snap-on that I'm wearing now. But uh, Milwaukee's got some. I think DeWalt's got some. I'm sure there's some other brands out there. But they have been my go-to. I've had this one. This will be going on at least the second, if not the third year. Uh, took a deer hunt and got it all, you know, up the arm and whatnot, and it washes. Uh, you do have to hang dry them. Mm. You don't want to put them in the dryer with the heating grid that's in them. But I couldn't recommend them anymore. I absolutely love the heated sweatshirt or heated coat. Well, next time, uh, do you get them off the truck? I do. Okay, sure well, do. next time the truck comes by, pick me up I'll one and send do. me a bill. Yep. <laughs> they are so worth it. And if you don't have one, I definitely would recommend it. So. Yes. So we're doing some traveling. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there are traveling. I encourage you to take a moment before, during, and after. I have kind of a, I don't want to say a ritual, but I go through and make sure my toolkit's in there, make sure I've got some extra water, obviously extra things to stay warm during the travels, the tires, make sure your tires are in a good situation. Check the spare tire. A, make sure your vehicle came equipped with one. There's a lot of new vehicles they're using to save weight, so they're not giving you a spare. They'll give you an air compressor, a can of fix-a-flat. If that's the case, uh, be prepared to do some kind of roadside tire repair. I'm not a plug fan, uh, which is a tire plug that you kind of you know force in from the outside, but I'll sure do one to get me off the side of the road. Air, about, air up the tire and go on about your business, but be as proactive as possible. Most cars have TPMS or tire pressure monitoring system. Make sure that's working. Make sure the tires are adequately aired up and make sure that you're as, I guess, hedge, hedge your bet as much as possible. I've been seeing a lot of broken down cars. Sarah, have you noticed that at all or is it just me? No, and I've seen them a lot yeah. on my way to work, which is does terrible. It, does it seem more than normal though? Mm, yeah, I, I guess it really does because like I said, I've seen them a lot more on my way to work, which is relatively early yeah. in the morning. So to see people broke down that early, it's kind of rare, but yeah, I've seen quite a few lately. I don't know if I'm just maybe more hypervigilant for some reason, or obviously, you know, that's part of, you know, my, my life, I guess. But it seems like I'm seeing more stalled cars, flat tires, broken down for whatever reason, tagged that haven't been towed in a timely manner. So you know, the the better prepared you can get for that, I guarantee you're not going to be upset if you need any of that stuff. Yes, it may be a little bit of preparation and quote unquote a waste of time if you don't need it, but I will spend that time tenfold in order not to have a breakdown out on the side of the road. Um, I had an issue, I think I shared maybe this story here when I was coming back from deer camp. Uh, I was uh, coming in uh, 03 Ford Excursion, 7.3 diesel. It was very cold, very bitter. And for whatever reason, when I shifted out of uh, overdrive, it blew a fuse and I lost all of the throttle response and the alternator. It was actually an ignition fuse. Now, I didn't necessarily have the equipment I would prefer to have had, but I was able to isolate which fuse it was, which sounds pretty easy. But when you're on the side of the road pulling a trailer in the middle of God's country, 
it's it's definitely not the place I would rather be. But I was able to, you know, isolate what fuse it was. It took me maybe about 15 to 20 minutes to figure out what was going on and why that had happened. And then I basically was able to rob a fuse that I wasn't using out of the headlight system and get my ignition circuit back going so I had alternator function and everything was working like it's supposed to. Went into town, got into civilization, and picked up some additional fuses, got all that fixed, and, and away I went. I was roughly, I think, uh, 350 to 400 miles from home at that point in time. So it definitely, with that experience, each time, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, I have one of those lessons I bolster my kit that I keep with me, and I would urge you to do the same thing. You know, basic is going to be some basic fluids and, and hopefully to deal with some tires. If your abilities are a little bit more, or even if they're not, I encourage you to keep some additional stuff with you. Uh, what I have added and am adding to all of my vehicles is my roadside service kit will be either a, a DC voltmeter, which I keep in several of them, but I didn't have it at this point in time, and a very inexpensive but decent quality test light. And for anybody out there that may be not familiar with what that is, it allows me to ground and burn a 12-volt bulb to check for electrical presence on a circuit. So if you're not like, you know, somebody that deals with that stuff, that's okay. Um, there may be somebody that stops that can or will, and it's a pretty low uh, cost item to have as part of your arsenal. And it would have made finding the, the open circuit much, much easier I will say, and I, I want to give this a shout-out, we hear a lot of, and, and, and even on the show sometimes, we're talking a lot about the negative side of the world at the moment, and there's plenty to talk about there. But I think it's really important to dive into some of the positives. And while I was on the side of the road for, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, I, I wasn't keeping count. I was trying to figure out what was going on. I bet at least four to six people stopped and asked if there was anything they could do to help me. I think I only had one person drive by that didn't at least, you know, slow down and say, hey, is everything all right? Which really leads me to, you know, know that the the silent majority, if you will, are amazing people out there. And I was very thankful for that. There really wasn't any help that anybody could have rendered. Um, if I had to do something, I would have had to call essentially two tow trucks, um, I needed a tow truck to tow the trailer that I had with my hunting equipment on there and then one to tow the excursion. But I was able to get it back going and made it home just fine. So uh, definitely great people out there, but be careful. Don't just stop if you're a vulnerable person and and try and render aid and then be mindful and, and hopefully you're not broke down on the side of the road. But we need to step into a break. Sarah and I are going to pick it up on the other side right after this. Your complete car care solution. One custom car care. All right, welcome back. You got Sarah Dustin A One Custom Car Care. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas out there. I know. Yeah. I'm really excited. This is the little one's first year. That's gonna be so cool. Yes. Now I will say when they're when they're their first Christmas, they're pretty uninterested, uh, mm -hmm. at least in my experience. But it's still very fun. Yes. So uh, Stacy and I's little one, she is. Uh, we're working close to almost three. So like. Yeah. 2.75, if you will. So this hopefully will be a year that a maybe she's one. interested yes. in. It. Yeah. We did uh, her birthday the last couple of years, and she liked the cake. She's like, eh, whatever. But mm -hmm. this year, Christmas and her birthday, hopefully it'll be definitely awesome. Oh, so. well, I'm excited for you. Yeah, Merry Christmas likewise. to you and yes, uh, the you lady. Well. 
Yes, you and Ryan and the little one. Well, I uh, figured that I'd read some holiday travel since, yep. you know, it is Christmas Eve. And AAA, they always put out mm-hmm. kind of a travel forecast. And so I thought I'd go ahead and read it because this year is expected to be the third busiest year for holiday travel since wow. 2000. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. People's getting out. Yeah, they are. Well, we've been cooped up for what, yeah. three years no or something. <laughs> well, the, I know. The organization started tracking the data in 2000, said that it estimates 112.7 million people will travel 50 miles wow. or more away from their home during the period. My now, goodness. travel typically starts December 23rd and ending on January 2nd. So if you mm. are on the road, please be careful. Hello. Yes. Hello from the road. Yes. <laughs> now, the number marks an increase of 3.6 million people over the last year. And nearly 120 million Americans will drive to holiday destinations. So, you know, like Florida. Florida yeah. sounds great right yeah. now. Yeah, go to the airport to go to Cancun or yeah. something. Yeah, that, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> no kidding. I'll have to put that on my bucket list. Now, with air travel, <laughs> they are seeing a 14% increase wow. over the last year. 7.2 million Americans are expected to fly somewhere for their destination. And bus, rail, and cruise ship travel is also forecasted to rise to 3.6 million, wow. which is a 23% uptick from last year. People's getting out. Yeah, and 94% of 2019's volume. Mm, 94? Now, yeah. Woo! I know. People are tired of it yeah <laughs> uh the most congested driving days were friday so mm-hmm. thankfully we missed that but also december 27th december 28th which is my mom's birthday mm. and january 2nd wow. so, so be that, careful on the road that's when everybody's going to be coming back i yeah so mm-hmm. definitely uh lots of travel tis the season uh definitely kind of like the the florida cruise ship vibe mm-hmm. as cold as it is I, I could see that so maybe one of these days i'll be able to do that yeah i wouldn't mind driving to the airport to go down to like jamaica or something i think it's been several years ago we flew out to vegas for Mm. some training actually it was a business trip and it was snowing when we left here and it was uh, i think about 70 when we got there so it was (laughs) a good time to be out in vegas you know every year whenever we do the the great escape Mm -hmm. we typically do it in november but we've kind of rotated time frames so different listeners can go at you know different times right but typically we go in november and i used to have to stay behind and produce the show (laughs) and every single year without fail every time that ksgf plane would leave and go to their warm sunny destination it would start snowing and I'd get all these photos of, like, the beach and, you know, they're in their swimsuits with little coconut drinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, negative five here. Yeah, Snow. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, pouring salt in that wound a little bit. Sounds I know. Like maybe, uh, but now you get to partake, right? Yes. It's so. so much fun. Heck, yeah. Have you ever ridden on a long multi-state bus? No. I've never rode a bus You've before. You've never rode a bus? No. Wow. Um... You know, I don't want to say that's bad, but you sure don't seem to get there in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely an experience. I would actually prefer probably a train if I was going to travel. We don't really have much of that around here. But when I was a kid and we lived up north, we had the Amtrak. Mm -hmm. And you could definitely get somewhere in a hurry on the Amtrak. It, It worked out really good. 
I much prefer driving myself at my own pace. Yeah. I'm, I kind of enjoy driving. I'm a driving kind of person yeah. as well. Hey, we have listener questions. Oh, okay. What yeah. do we got? Okay, so first one's more of a comment. But, you know, last week we were talking about Death Wobble. Yes. And I didn't know what that was. Looked up videos. That's absolutely terrifying. Oh, it is. We had tons of people message in about the... Uh, I read some information off of a lawsuit that people were mm-hmm. trying to participate in. Yeah. Uh, so I had tons of people like, "Where, where's that info? So <laughs> I made sure to send that awesome. to him. But uh, I did have somebody message in and say that I have a t- uh, 2019 F-250 that had the death wobble at about 30,000 miles. Mm-hmm. But Ford fixed mine without any problems because it was still under warranty. Awesome. And now I have 68,000 miles on it with no issues. Excellent. I know. Well done, Ford. Yes. Very happy to hear that. Now, question for you. Okay. Service manuals now seem to recommend a transmission flush at 100,000 or more miles instead of what was 60,000 mm-hmm. before. I'm pretty sure that's how the transmission blew on our 2008 Ford yep. Fusion. What is your recommendation? So... A little bit of this is a loaded question depending on how you use the vehicle. But before I get into that, I want to hopefully explain at least my take on why they have done that. Um, The government is putting out a lot of stuff for average fuel economy, some of your cost of ownership. uh, That's more from the the manufacturer. And then your your, basically the amount of pollutants that you're going to put out from that vehicle. So we dispose of all of our used chemicals like we have companies we deal with and, and are able to either filter, repurpose, or get it recycled on most of our stuff. Um, some of it we use for heating oil, and so it's all getting taken care of. We're not just you know putting it out back into the environment. But cost of ownership is one of the biggest things that the manufacturers put out there, and in my opinion – and I'm very rooted in this opinion, that they do that because they are warranting the vehicle for so many miles. And they have extended these intervals out to where it will get past warranty and then it's your problem. And I just, I don't work that way. You know, I'm not a uh, car manufacturer that when your car blows up and the repair bill is too high, I'm just going to sell you another car. I mean, as an independent aftermarket repair facility, I want to keep your investment going as long as possible. And whether you like it or not, I don't really enjoy putting transmissions in. Can we do it? Yes, we do it all the time. Um, I much more, pardon me, get a thrill out of not having your cars break down and maintaining it. So 100,000 miles, I do a lot of fluid sampling on all the cars that come in and out. It's That's too long. It is absolutely too long. Now, from the manufacturer, it's not too long to get it through warranty. It'll make it, you know, through warranty just fine. But they're not on the hook for it anymore. The 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 customer is on the hook for the cost of that transmission. Or sometimes that is a deal breaker for folks. And like, nope, it makes more sense for me to just get another car. With that being said, had you just serviced it at 30,000 to 40,000 miles, that transmission would have significantly lasted longer. And I <clears throat> I can tell you from my personal experience, my vehicles that I do service at that thirty to 40,000 mile intervals, I, knock on wood, have not seen many transmission issues. Um, I have had transmissions fail on my personal vehicles, but they've all been well north of two to 280,000 typically is my interval of when a transmission. And there are wear items in there. There are clutches. If you have a CVT transmission, which is getting much more common, 
I personally would do those every 15,000 miles. And it's not an expensive repair on those. Most of those CVTs are a drain and fill. But I see those fail so often. And the cost of those are very, very expensive. And it just doesn't make sense to me from a consumer side of it. It makes sense if I was a manufacturer that I would want your vehicle to make it past warranty. And then I don't have to worry about the claims anymore. But from the consumer side of it, it drives me plumb bat crazy to see people uh, believe the owner's manuals. And then, you know, it gets out of warranty. I see them at, you know, 120, 140,000 where the tranny is smoked in it and done. And those are not inexpensive repairs. To get a rebuild or get a new unit, you're going to be multiple thousands of dollars. And I'm seeing that more and more and more with these intervals being pushed out way beyond that, that it just, the proof's in the pudding, basically, is what I'm saying. I do the fluid samples. I see how bad they are. I see the outcome when folks let us maintain and service them to the A1 custom standard, as well as I see when folks don't, and that they have the multiple transmission failures from time to time. So if you're towing, you know, if you're hauling a camper, a boat, whatever it is, I would even decrease that interval much more. And I do for my personal stuff. Uh, I have literally the stuff sitting in my shop right now that I'm going to be doing a filter service and a fluid exchange on my Allison 1000 transmission in my one-ton Chevy. That is a 2003 one-ton diesel Chevy. And I do a tremendous amount of pulling with that truck. It pretty much lives with the trailer hooked to it. And so I try and service it roughly every fifteen to 20,000 miles. Um, I've done a lot of upgrades to that. And knock on wood, I've had great life out of that transmission. I think I was using it here to tow a dump truck back from Illinois, southern Illinois, a couple weeks ago. It was about 340 miles, give or take. And truck did great. It absolutely did a fantastic job. I was very thankful to be able to use it to do that and get me home in a safe manner. Um, and as far as I know, I'm not the only owner. Somebody could have put a transmission in it, but I've put probably, oh, 80,000 miles on that truck, and it's been a wonderful piece of equipment. So it is in your best interest, and it will be cheaper to maintain that to a higher standard than it is to put a transmission in a vehicle. So we uh, need to step into another break. Sarah and I will pick it up on the other side. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Talking about some, some travels, I guess, during the inclement weather that is going to be present and loud and proud this year. Um, you had quite the stats on there as I, as I'm reflecting from your numbers. Oh, yes. Like, I'm glad I'm not really traveling this year. Yeah, I'm not. But you know, my aunt, she is from Hawaii and she's traveling up to Kansas city to see my grandma and, Mm. uh, my aunt and my uncle. So yeah. You can definitely tell that the last few years people have not been able to get out and move as mm-hmm. they have felt like it. And, you know, I realize maybe other countries are a little more uh, sedentary, if you will. You know, they don't travel maybe as much as a lot of the uh, the American population just because we have cars at our beck and call. But those numbers were staggering. I know. Millions. Be out there. Millions. Yeah, big uptick. Um, definitely, you know, 
be safe. I guess that's the biggest thing out there. I do stop for folks from time to time and try and render, you know, whatever helping. I have a pretty good success rate of getting them back going, but occasionally you run onto somebody that it's just, you know, too far gone. Mm -hmm. Transmission's out of it, engine problems, overheats. That's probably the biggest thing that I see. You know, when I was a kid, you could overheat your cars and they, you know, typically would recover pretty well. The cars that are out there in today's market with the aluminum cylinder heads, aluminum engine blocks, they will not. And please take note, if you have a late model car, you cannot overheat it. It may have been a minor issue going in and that caused the overheat. But once you overheat that engine, typically the engine is done. And there's so much going on with these engines. When I was a kid, yeah, I'd snatch the heads off and have the heads decked. And the block was cast iron. So it really typically didn't warp or deform very much. These engines now, they're doing so much with these little four- and six-cylinder forced induction turbocharged engines that they will not and I know I've said it about seven times, but I know somebody out there is going to think, oh, I just need to get another mile or two out of this. Get to a safe spot. I'm all for that. But if you run these vehicles, and I have them come in the shop still all the time. I actually had one of the kids do it to me the other night. Like, oh, it started overheating, but I needed to get home. I'm like, you needed to call me is what you needed to do. Um, thankfully, we did dodge a bullet on that one, and I was able to fix it. But you cannot do that, or I will guarantee that you're going to have some catastrophic decisions to deal with because that engine, and engines aren't cheap anymore. When I was a kid, man, you'd get a even a used or reman engine for under a thousand bucks. Some of these used engines that I'm calling for three and four thousand dollars cost that does not include any of the dressing to assemble some of the uh, replacement parts that go along with that engine, nor the 20 to 30 hours or 40 hours of labor to change them out. None of that's free. As much as I love what I do for a living, it costs money to keep the lights on and all the guys, you know, there and plugging away. So those engine jobs are multiple thousands of dollars, depending on what it is. And let's, uh, let's use the supply chain as an excuse for a while. Uh, I'm sure everybody's sick of that one. Getting parts is amazingly difficult, and engines and transmissions are one of them. I've waited months so far this year for certain engines that I actually had to have assembled and built or send off the the one that I took out, which takes a lot more time. Time is money. Um, you know, I've waited months to get engines so I can get customers back on the road. I do not want you falling into that um, pit if that was avoidable, which it is very much avoidable. So what do you do if it starts to overheat? A, I'm going to be very astute of my fluid levels before I leave on these trips. And the cooling system, if the engine is at operating temperature or hot, is under great pressure and it will flash boil, which will flash burn you at the same time. So you don't want to be checking the fluids when the engine is hot and at operating temperature or if it's overheating at that point in time. So before you leave on the trip, I encourage you to check those fluids, that one being one that I would very much pay special attention to. I will also keep a good watch on the gauges. If you don't have gauges, I encourage you to know where the warning lights are. I had a young man recently that had left. He had uh, went to head back, pardon me, home to central Missouri, 
and it started to overheat. He didn't notice the warning light or the gauge, um, letting him know that it was hot. When I got it back, typically an engine operates at around 210 to 220 degrees. That's kind of its happy place. His, it set a trouble code and gave me a snapshot of the service data that was going through the powertrain control module. It was 340 degrees whenever it set the code to say, hey, we got some serious problems. Uh, That vehicle had about 40,000 miles on it, and it absolutely melted the engine down, and there was nothing I could do to save that motor except put a new one in it. And that was not a cheap adventure, and it took me a month and a half to get a replacement engine for that particular vehicle. So uh, I cannot continue to caution you folks out there as well as if you're listening. I appreciate that greatly, by the way. Um, If you have a young driver, you need to let them know. Uh, That's what happened in our household. Uh, We've got some young folks and trying to make sure that they understand the importance of it because they will be without a car As talented as a mechanic as I am, I cannot just wave my magic wand, no matter how good I think I am, and fix that car. It takes time. It takes money. Sometimes even money, regardless of how much you have, if the parts are not available, congratulations, you don't have a car anymore. So be very mindful of that. And God forbid you're still making payments on something. Uh, Just I urge you to be a good steward of that. And if you have young drivers, please Uh, educate them as well. Allow them to know the importance of it and the consequences, because a lot of times that's where I see the lesson comes in, is the consequences of, oh, I didn't know, but that doesn't make it any cheaper, easier to deal with. So it's going to get interesting this winter for sure, Um, but there's a lot of good. I enjoy the snow side of the world, uh, even if it's brutally cold out there. We've had several folks coming in to the shop there uh, with snow plows trying to get their plow equipment ready to go. I am actually one of those people as well. I'm trying to make sure my plow equipment is ready and going to perform when I need it. A little preparation goes a long way. So uh, definitely a lot of like-minded folks swinging in through the shops. Miss Sarah, I had a caller call into the store the other day and had some questions. Yes. But he shared something with me. Uh, you know how much of a C- CB uh, connoisseur I am. Mm-hmm. He uh, either was a truck driver or maybe still is. All of our truck drivers out there, thank you very much, by the way. Yes. Appreciate you guys bringing all of our goodness. Um, he talked really highly, and this is not an endorsement or anything, but he gave me his feedback on the little CB shop out there by Hood's Truck Stop. I can't remember the name of it. Oh. Um, but it, he, it he said it's a little hard to get him sometimes because the guy's real busy, and I think he works kind of some different hours. I believe he told me he was a farmer in his daytime job, and the CB shop was kind of his part-time gig. A um, lot of folks out there really getting on the CB bandwagon. I got a CB for Christmas last year. One of the best gifts I got last year or ever, it rides in my little one-ton dump truck as I go to the rock quarry for my folks there at Cleverstone. I love you guys. I can talk with the office. I can talk with the operator, as well as I can talk with other drivers as I'm running around uh, with my little amounts of rock and gravel that I get with my one-ton truck versus all the big boys. Uh, Met some great folks, get to hear some great camaraderie. Uh, but the little CB shop there at Hood's Truck Stop, I've heard, is an amazing place. I believe that it is called Jim's 
TV radio CB shop. Radio. That sounds right. I think that's it. The listener that called in was uh, needing some maintenance on his uh, brand new, I think it was a 2022 Kia, if I remember right, or maybe Hyundai. Uh, had a great conversation with the gentleman. He was awesome, but uh, definitely liked and supported our show. So yeah, that that's great. Cool. I mean, we were talking about CBC, oh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. a couple of shows back, and we had not a clue of who to go to for CB mm-hmm. repair because we were kind of mentioning yep. that. So that's great. Yeah, that somebody it was great feedback. Yeah, gave us a, a name now. Yeah, I was uh, working down in Arkansas this week, and Highway 49 that comes, I think, out of like the Joplin area and runs mainly through that uh, western side of Arkansas. I travel that quite a bit. It is mostly six lanes, and the amount of traffic that is on there is crazy. And there was an accident up there, and I was able to hear about it well before I ran into stalled traffic, get off the interstate, go around the accident. It was awesome. I would probably still be sitting down there had that not happened. That may be a little dramatic, but I'm just saying. I love my CB radios, and I encourage redundant communication. We all have our cell phones. Uh, very important, but that uh, instant kind of, especially as you're running up and down the open road, if you will, Definitely a preferred component of my arsenal as I go into traveling. I know that's a little uh, maybe backwoods or redneck of me, but I like my CB radio. Very, very thankful to have it. But we uh, need to step into a break. We'll be right back to wrap this up after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. Sarah Justin, A1 Custom Car Care. Tis the season. I guess thanks. Yeah, I'm very thankful for a lot of things. Me too. And I hope you guys are, are out there as well. You know, there's times where I think I come on here and I'm just like all gloom and doom and gas prices and diesel and complaining and all that stuff. But really in the big scheme of things, you know, it could be a lot worse one. So we don't want that. And there's a lot to be thankful for. It, uh, you know, hopefully you all have your health out there. That's important. The older I get, the more I find that. People probably think I'm 100 years old from the way I talk. <laughs> you think You think so, Sarah? I don't know. You I are complain, an old man. I complain about taxes and, you know, oh, there's got to be a front coming in because my knee hurts. And <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I understand it. I got the old osteoarthritis. Oh, osteoarthritis? Osteo. Yes. I've mm. got that. So. And when I went to the doctor, see that's the problem. You just don't need to go to the doctor. Well, let me if tell you. you don't know, let then. me tell you what he said to me. This has nothing to do with automotive, but it's uh-huh. funny. So he's like checking my hand, right? Yeah. And he's like, "Well, your hand's in pretty okay shape. Well, you are getting close to thirty. And I'm like, "Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Yep. Just sign my death certificate yep. now. Yep. Yep. R.I.P." Todd, which was a very dear and near friend and member of A1 Custom, passed away a few years ago. And uh, he always said, uh, things start falling off when you turn 30. And I was like 28 back then. And uh, I thought, Todd, what do you know? Well, apparently way more than Dustin (laughs) did, for sure, because he was exactly right. And I'm well past 30 at this point. Uh, I'm going to be knocking on the door of 40 here pretty quick. Nuh-uh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to be 39 next year. Wow. Yeah. The kids... They sure like to remind me of that. <laughs> and I can remember when I went from being the young technician, because I was always the young person at the shop, and I was teaching a class, and one of the young guys in the back said, yeah, when we get Dustin's age, and I thought, wait a minute, when, when did that happen? 
that that's not a thing yet, is it? But apparently it is. So I better embrace it, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. There so you go. the older I get, hopefully the wiser I am. I don't make as, as many dumb decisions as I used to. And I don't want to say as dumb, but, you know, there's times when I, you know, would do certain physical things, you know, pick up a transmission and put in a car and, you know, try and heave an engine I mean, out of there. my back hurt. I know. Yeah. Thankfully, my back's in pretty good shape from all the foolishness that I have done over the years. I'm surprised. Yeah. Many uh, transmissions that I've picked up and heaved in there and uh, a lot of, you know, just shenanigans. We would, uh, I remember I worked with a guy, he thought he was just tough as nails. And we had this big jacked up truck in there. This is story time. I hope that's okay that's with everybody. Okay. But he always wanted to show me how much, uh, you know, how, how he was he was the man, you know. And so we had this uh, giant truck, and he was probably maybe like 5'8 or 5'9, you know, and I'm probably 6'3 or 4 on a good day. And uh, had 37-inch Super Swampers. You ever see those, Sarah? They are the most aggressive tire, and mm-hmm. they probably weigh, I don't know, tire and wheel package somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 to 175. So heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. And he's like, I bet I can put these tires on quicker than you. And I said, well, we can race. And I said, let's go ahead and raise it all the way up. So I raised the lift all the way up, which didn't do him any favors. And so I put mine on, and I look over, and he's struggling to get his on there. I had to go rescue him. So I got my man card that day. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid things that we do as young men. Oh, goodness. You, you never did anything wild and crazy? And... No. You know, I, I'm a professional now. Well, I'm clearly not, and I hope <laughs> I just want to be a Toys R Us kid my whole life. Is Toys R Us still a thing? Are they a business? Yes. So they are actually in Macy's now. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Well, clearly I don't go to the mall. The mall's in, or the Macy's is in the mall, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I heard like a, a press release. Huh. They've been in there since probably fall time. Wow. I believe. That's something as a kid, Toys R Us was like the thing back in the day. And when they closed the one in Springfield, or I guess relocated into Macy's, uh, they should do a better job because I didn't know press-wise that they were in. So they closed, mm-hmm. and then they like decided that they were going to reinvent themselves. Oh, okay, yeah. This is kind of like Sears and Craftsman, and now Craftsman's in Lowe's and stuff, mm-hmm. basically. Yep. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah, for sure. Hey, I got some recall alerts. Oh, we need to talk about that. Yep, I got a couple of them okay. for you. So first and foremost, uh, I'll do this one. Uh, Ram is recalling 1.23 million pickups for tailgate trouble. Tailgate? Yes. Like falling off? Well, let me tell, <laughs> let me tell you here. So uh, they are they are recalling them because they have an issue with their tailgate, which could allow them to open while the vehicle is in motion. Ooh, yes. So this action is affecting 2019 to 2022 model year uh, 1500s, 2500s, and 3500 trucks. Now, Ram says that the striker plates for the tailgate latch may be out of alignment, which hmm. could prevent the complete closure. Yeah, so, sure. the reason why they are recalling this is because it poses a threat of allowing cargo to mm-hmm. spill out of the truck's bed and onto the road. So, they are recalling 145,965 vehicles that are estimated to have that problem, but then they're going ahead and doing mm-hmm. A huge voluntary recall as well. So I know you're not into telling on yourself, but I'm going to tell on myself a little okay. bit more if we got a few moments. Uh-huh. Have you ever lost anything out on an interstate? Uh, yes, but you know, have you ever heard Nick's Christmas tree story? 
Have you no. heard this story? Okay. Maybe it should be Nick's story time. It should be. Yeah, maybe I should call <laughs> him up and <laughs> tell him the story. No, so he was taking his Christmas tree to the recycling center <laughs> oh, yeah. in Republic. I, I think I could see where this one's going. Yes. Yeah, so, and he was in his old truck and yeah. it was having some issues. Every time he would stop, it would stall out. Mm-hmm. So he was taking corners like on two wheels. Yep. And he ended up losing <laughs> his Christmas tree somewhere in Republic. He said he went back and looked for it. I don't think he did. Uh, that's just my opinion, but who knows? Well, hopefully some whoever found it, hopefully it's maybe fish habitat and they took it down to the lake <laughs> yeah, or maybe something. Maybe so. But yeah, no, I've lost things as well. So. so I was, and I did pull over and I did address all this, by the way, but I was hauling a big bunch of metal table bases from Springfield to Carthage one mm-hmm. time. And I never thought they would blow out. I mean, I had hundreds of them in the back of this truck, and like 20 of them blew out on I-44 one time. So I stopped, and I was getting them out of the road, and truck drivers were running them over, and it was so bad and so scary. Uh, So Dodge, please get it together, because that, speaking from experience, was an ugly experience. Yeah, that is absolutely terrifying. So dangerous. Those trucks, they didn't slow down. They just... Like, literally just, bam, ran all over. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. It was so bad. Yeah. It was awful. I can imagine. Uh, next recall here is Subaru. Subaru. Yeah, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said on Tuesday that Subaru is issue- issuing a voluntary recall of over 271,000 ascent. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Ascent mm-hmm. SUVs. Subaru launched the recall in response to certain Ascent SUVs potentially having an improperly fastened ground bolt for their positive temperature uh, coefficients mm-hmm. heaters. Yeah. When heaters with improperly fastened bolts are operating, their ground terminals could experience excessive heat, potentially leading to melting mm-hmm. and an increased risk of a fire. I could easily see that. Now, two fires have been reported Ooh. in connection to this issue. Dang. Um, more than 271,000 SUVs covered in the recall are select. 2019 to 2022 ascent models people who own them should park outside with plenty of distance from buildings until they get repaired Mm -hmm. and owners should not leave vehicles that have not been repaired unattended Mm -hmm. so according to the company owners should put the ignition in the off position and not drive the suv if a burning smell or smoke arises from near the dashboard or footwell on the driver's side Mm -hmm. so if that is one of your vehicles please have it looked at yeah definitely we've been hearing a lot about vehicles catching fire i know it's yeah been a big thing there's been a lot of recalls over that lately i actually have my service truck has got an airbag recall and i've been calling to get it in there but they haven't had any parts yeah so it's still got an airbag problem so we've been being real safe so if you ever had a burning um electrical smell and if you've ever smelled that it's pretty noticeable even though my smeller is not what it once was after the last couple years i would strongly encourage if you are a mechanically inclined person to unhook your battery you know parking it away from structure is very good very important i think that's great but i can't believe they don't want you to unhook your battery which would solve your issue on dc or direct current amperage or electricity actually flows kind of in both directions so if there's amperage flowing on the positive terminal to their point there's amperage flowing on the ground side which is causing the fires in the subaru 
if you will remove the electrical voltage that is supplied to that circuit by unhooking the battery, it will absolutely be a safe vehicle at that point. Now, it will not start. It will not move. You'll you know have to either hook it back up after you have rectified the fire situation, or you're going to have to get it towed to either the dealer or a good quality independent aftermarket repair facility to get that vehicle fixed. So be safe out there. That's right. If you're out there in Radio Land, you have any questions or comments for us, you can shoot us a text on our text line, 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. Dustin, have a very Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas and be safe. Bye.